Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to Morning Footy. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. The gang is all back together. I'm yes. Collins alongside Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros. We got Anna Witty with some headlines today. Hey, y'all. What's up? It's been a minute. <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? I haven't seen you since D.C. How you feeling, Chuck? Have you recovered? Just now. <laughs> yeah. I feel like at this moment. Right? Just, just, just as soon as I said right now. Wait, recovered from what? Uh, okay, I don't know if you guys are familiar. Can we can we can we tell them about Chuck Deasy? Chuck Deasy is just a happy guy. Yes. <laughs> so I was introduced it's to like Chuck Deasy. It's like reading a gremlin okay. after midnight or whatever that it's movie like, is. It's like, I mean, Charlie's always at this level, but Chuck Deasy's like nah. way right. up here. It was something. I've heard about Chuck Deasy. So remember that conversation? about you think you could hang with <laughs> Jack Grealish? Yes. Are you still convinced you're the one that can hang with Jack Grealish? Oh, 100%. This Here's guy, the thing. Oh, yes. really? Yes, absolutely. You never see, you know, Sue Seezy because <laughs> she plays a comp. She can handle her liquor. On the other hand, <laughs> Chuck Deasy is, uh, you take the elevator all the way to the penthouse. Interesting. Next <laughs> yeah. level. Next level. That's no, interesting. it was some fun. Mm. And our friend Nico here doing yeah. his thing in Miami. Yeah, Messy. If oh. you couldn't tell by my top you look, button, I yeah, know. Yes. So Look at this—he's wearing seersucker <laughs> and linen at the same damn time. Who yeah. had who had a better debut this weekend, the Barbie movie or Leo Messi? Actually, though, my sister on <laughs> on Friday morning texted me just to mess around with me. Who do you think is gonna watch the debut more? Do you think more people are gonna watch Barbie or more people are gonna watch Messi? I'm seeing a crazy stat about like 12 million viewers on my socials. I can't confirm that. Like journalists in Argentina have tweeted that. I would love to get like the Apple numbers yes. to see what that debut looked like because Barbie, B blew out the box office was fourth greatest my whole, opening. Really? All, of my, yeah. oh, all wow. of my social media platforms were pink because it was either yeah. Inter Miami or Barbie, and it was just a whole. I don't know. It would be it would pink. be great to see an analysis to see who saw what more. I know. Let's let's dive it's into. It. Let's get our stats person on this. We got a fresh face. We're welcoming a fresh face to Morning Footy. Anna Witty is here with some headlines. Welcome. How you doing? Welcome. How, how has your experience been so far? It's been great. An early morning. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. We're lovely. It's lovely to have you, Anna. Thank you. Thank you. And let's get into the headlines today. A new suitor has emerged in the race to sign Kylian Mbappe, and the money being discussed would shatter transfer and salary records. According to multiple reports, Saudi Pro League inside Al-Halal is preparing a combined $1 billion move for Mbappe. Wow. With CBS reports, sports reporter James Binge reporting that Al-Halal is preparing to offer PSG a $300 million transfer fee. And Mbappe, a salary package worth $776 million for one season and a one-year contract that would leave Mbappe free to join Real Madrid in a year. <coughs> 
Saudi Pro League continues to add players. Manchester United defender Alex Tellez completed his transfer Jeez. to Al Nasser over at the weekend. The 30-year-old spent last season on loan from Sevilla, where he helped them win a Europa League title. Tellez reunites with Cristiano Ronaldo, who he played with for one season at Manchester United. Another Premier League player heading to the Saudi Pro League is French winger Alan St. Maximin. According to multiple reports, Ahali is putting the finishing touches on a $30 million transfer with Newcastle United from St. Maximin, hoping to add him to a list of additions that includes Roberto Firmino and Edward Mindy. Newcastle for- United has already lined up a replacement for St. Maximin. The Magpies completed the signing of English winger Harvey Barnes and reported 50 billion, rather 50 million transfer Barnes finalized his move on Sunday and immediately made his Newcastle debut in their 3-3 friendly draw with Aston Villa in Philadelphia. In American news abroad, the saga of where Weston McKinney plays this season took another turn over the weekend when McKinney joined Juventus in California for the U.S. Summer Tour. McKinney, along with several Juventus players, was originally left off the Summer Series Tour as the club reportedly looked to move to the midfielder. He was seen on the field at Levi's Stadium in California playing American football with his teammates. Charlie may be in for Dak Prescott. Is this a sign that McKinney will stay at <laughs> Juventus or will he, or is he the only club due to transfer to the U.S.? And a great question. I, I think right now that Juve couldn't find a club that would pay the price that they would hoped they they would recover uh, recoup from um, selling him. So I think at this point you look to keep him and try and get the best out of him because you lose a lose an asset for nothing if you are allowing him to walk for free. So Weston uh, still has I think a, a huge ceiling that we haven't seen yet, and with that potential, he could he could break through with this Juve team. Do you this think? Is, I, I do. It's happened since he's been there. The expectations are pretty low, and he finds a way to get on the pitch. And in Champions League, he did extremely well that year with Juve. But there would always be something that would would, – Allegri would say, all right, I'm going to take you off and, and put on another player. Wonder, he, he wasn't held to the same standards, I think, I as the rest of the I wonder why he has quality. Like, why isn't he wanted at that's, Juve? That's my question. Because, yeah. because he has broken into that Allegri squad, and then there's always a reason, it seems, yeah. for him not, not And the to, squad not likes him. You could tell everyone has, a, has an affinity for Weston just because of the person he is. Mm-hmm. He's, he's very like, positive and, and vibrant. Are you surprised that there, weren't, there wasn't more interest? In Very him? much so, especially, I mean, he played relatively, he started his Premier League uh, career pretty well on loan with Leeds, didn't end perfectly. Uh, but still, I mean, like you said, he's scored in Champions League, he's got quality. World there's, Cup, he showed well. Yeah, there's a level of inconsistency there on staying within the team, but also this is not a good look for Weston McKinney, not a good look for U.S. soccer or for the U.S. men's national team. When a, when a club says, we don't, you're not in our plans and no one comes for you, and now you're about to go back to a place where you have to earn your keep it's and earn the respect and get back on the pitch. You want to go somewhere where you're, where you're wanted and you're part of the plan and you get to play. Probably, probably other clubs want him, but yeah, they, they just can't afford They can't afford the price that Juve want for him, which is, which is fine. I think it's a good sign that Juve said, uh, scratch that. We actually have you in our plans. We're bringing you to, to, to America. You think that's what happened? Yeah, that's, exact, not, that's just, exactly what happened. Yeah, you're still contracted, so show up. Yeah. Okay, good. So th- and then it's up to him to work his way in. Unlike Kylian Mbappe that's kept off the, the summer friendly list. But it's a good sign 
if you're an American, you're at a massive club like Juve. Mm -hmm. They say, all right, we're going to sell you. You're not in our plans to, oh, we're actually going to bring you back. You are in our plans. Because you, the reason you go to Europe is to fight for your spot. It's not given. And nothing's guaranteed. So he's at Juve, and he's shown already he's done that. He's fought. He's earned his place in the team. And now, and, and now he's got to try and break through again. Is he going like to get that. minutes, though? Is he, what, that's, like if, that's you're, the worry. if you're, if you're Weston McKinney right now, like, what is your mentality heading into the season, knowing, Could, like, how, yeah, how are you trying to break into this team and like, play and be a starter? That? Control, or, if you're, control or you, you call control. other clubs and hope they buy Caicedo so that he can go to Brighton. <laughs> the only reason no, he hasn't been purchased by Brighton is because Caicedo didn't move, so hopefully you can get that move. I mean, and maybe there's a chance that he does move before the season. We've seen this happen, or, you know, before the window closes. We've seen this happen before, so, I mean, yes, but I kind of disagree on the point of, like, that's why you go to Europe is to fight for your spot. Weston is one of of our best players, you would hope he's at that level where he wouldn't have to continuously fight for a spot. At the biggest Especially, clubs, you have to fight for I a spot. I get that, but he's shown well. It's, to be told we don't want you is a, is a big hit. There, there are only a handful of players throughout Europe that go to the biggest clubs in Europe and don't have to fight for their spot. Everybody has to fight for their spot. Yes, you get what I'm saying. To be told you're not wanted, that's a big hit. That, that's one a, of our best players. Right, right. Yeah. And I think he has the quality to go back into this into mm -hmm. this team and fight and, I agree. and convince the manager that he's good enough to play. Does Juventus feel that way? It's fun. I was just gonna say, are they are they a better team with when Weston McKinney is on the pitch? I like to think so. Yeah, I think he has a, a lot to teams. And when he was at his best form. Scoring goals in the air, scoring goals collectively, it was. You may look good with him. Mm -hmm. I just, we'd like to see him regain that level and you've regained that confidence and, in him. And let's be honest, the Leeds loan didn't work to his benefit. No. no. It's, they didn't play a, a, an attractive style, they didn't play a style that would help him develop as a player. He, he was just asked to tackle and make runs in the box and hope for a, a set piece or a long throw. That's It's not something that was suitable for Weston McKinney to improve yeah. his overall game. So in that, with that being said, as, as a loan that's supposed to get you more playing time and consistent and help you develop, mm -hmm. it, that backfired. He took a step back. But I think he's, after the Nations League watching him play, you're like, he's good. Yeah. Just needs to get to a spot. Fight for his place. I mean, Miretti Fagioli, oof. that's, that's kind of like the depth chart in that situation. Well, you have Locatelli. Right. Pajoli. You have Paul Pogba, who's going to be fighting for time now, who who's missed all last Rabiot. year. Injury. Rabiot, who's... I think, Wes, can Weston McKinney not hold his own in that conversation amongst those players? I think absolutely he can. Yeah, he just has to be consistent. That's it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. um, we also, we, uh, there was a, a scary incident that happened uh, mm -hmm. last night at that Real uh, Madrid AC Milan friendly. Um, our friend Shaka Hislop, the reporter for ESPN, collapsed um, on camera. He is apparently doing well, but I know that you both uh, know him. Um, and I, apparently he is okay and, and talking, but a scary moment. And we at CBS just want to uh, let him know that we're all thinking of him and sending him our very best wishes and 
a very speedy recovery, but that was some scary scenes. Yeah, super scary. He's a, a great guy. I've worked with him on a charity called Project Gold based out of uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Gives back to, you know, a community similar to where I came from, where there is no money and there is no uh, opportunities. Uh, he's, a, he's a very giving dude. Uh, so to see, and obviously just someone that, as a colleague, someone mm -hmm. who works in the same field as we do, someone who we respect, someone who has, uh, you know, uh, carries himself in an incredible way. To see this happen, uh, especially, you know, someone that we know personally is very difficult, but obviously the CBS family sends all their West wishes, uh, well wishes, and, you know, please, speedy recovery. Yeah. I, I can only say just from from working with Shaka Hislop, a former colleague of mine at ESPN when I was there for a brief time, uh, he was always super positive and vibrant, always willing to help me uh, and help me break through from making that trans transition as a player to now being a, a, a personality in the media. Just one of those guys that has a, a larger than life, you know, personality mm -hmm. and, um, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with you and your family and, and obviously Dan Thomas being there, that was scary to see him and his reaction. Um, but we know Shaka's gonna bounce back. He's a, yep. he's a he's one of the be best people I've come across. So um, wishing you all the best, Shaka. I remember when I was collecting the stickers for the 2006 World Cup, he was one of my, the first stickers that I got, Shaka mm. his love. And then many years later, uh, I met him. So nice guy, and, and we know that he's going to make a great yeah, recovery. Yeah, we um, are all pulling for you, Shaka. All right, we're going to take a break here on uh, Morning Footy, but lots more to come on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Uh, FIFA Women's World Cup going on right now, actually, and uh, Brazil has taken a 1-0 lead over Panama. Earlier this morning, Italy got the 1-0 win over Argentina and Germany with a big 6-0 win over Morocco. I'm sorry, it's a bad morning bad day for, me. for yeah. Nico Cantor. It's a rough one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Losing two bags in one day. Oh, no. <laughs> he's, a little, he's still a little high. I think he's still winning with the messy day. I know. I mean, yes. that's going to be. <laughs> yeah. How did you yeah. react when the goal went in? You didn't even tell us that. Yeah, it was. Uh, Guys, we're gonna get to yeah. that in the next segment. It was emotional. It was emotional. It was right. Hey, we'll talk come about on, about let's keep it on track. Yeah, yeah. We're chatting the ladies. We're chatting about the Producer Alexis ladies. over here. His bottom no, lips are quivering. No, I promise. Our next segment, we are gonna. Nico is literally gonna dive. I got you guys. Deep nice. into into all things messy. Um, but let's chat a little bit about um, the U.S. Women's National Team. I know we talked about their three 0 win mm -hmm. over Vietnam. Um, Sophia Smith with a brace. Lindsay Horan with a goal in that one. I think we all kind of agree that there's a lot of room to grow into this tournament which is for great. the U.S., which is great. I have a, oh, can, I, can I ask something? Yes, can you I can. Can I for one second? <laughs> just, Suzanne was like, no. Just, <laughs> just, well, no she, she, she shut you down yeah. when you asked me that question about Messi. <laughs> um, was there anything that you guys said, okay, absolutely, this is not the path in the game? Because I think yes. in, a, in a similar context to let's roll back the conversation that we had with the U.S. men's national team at the Gold Cup playing against the likes of St. Kitts and Nevis and Trinidad and Tobago, where mm, it, it felt more of like an exhibition match rather than something official. And there's a lot of places... I, I don't know if you have so much to gain from these types of games where you're so superior to opposition. You do. Um, you do have a lot to gain, but I feel like you have maybe more to lose. I Did think you guys, were there any moments where you guys felt like, oh, th this is not the right way to go? No. I, the only thing. Nothing on that lineup told you, no, this isn't the way to go forward. 
No. Juilliard's at center back. That's, Did not I stop to, you I dead in your tracks. Ask, no. I was shocked when I saw that starting 11. That is a backup situation. That is if one of our center backs gets injured. A lot why of would you not put your two best center backs so in there? Well, 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 leading into this tournament. It's funny you say that because Naomi made Naomi Gurma shine that much more because she was great coming okay. out and building out of the back as a center back. So, right, yes. but Chuck, but what uh, I'm saying how, is, what? how much was she under pressure, both of them under pressure in this game where the, where the rivals had this, zero shots? That's gonna be the case for a lot of games with this U.S. Women's National why would you There's not, not why too many teams that, that, that are gonna, there's not too many teams that are going to keep the U.S. women on their heels. Okay. So when teams sit back, even some of the best teams in the world are going to sit back on this U.S. Women's team and look to counter. That's going to happen. So from that standpoint, this is a great exhibition for these young players to say, how are we going to attack teams? It is teams? not an exhibition. This I is know. the first match of the World I Cup. I get that. You want your back. It's, your, this your is like a training session for your, your back it's line. It's not a training session. This is the first game of the World Cup. This is where your center backs should be developing a partnership that moves forward, not put Julie Ertz in there. And, hey, when we go up against Netherlands, then we put it Julie in Julie Ertz, Julie Ertz had a rough start to the game when it comes to playing out of the back. It doesn't matter if she played well back. or not. The she grew, she grew. should be in there from Do the you, first game. Was this, was this a decision by Vlatko to say, we, I want some experience out on that field? That's what was shocking to me Yeah. in this game, knowing that Vietnam are not a threatening team. Right. So what it tells you is he wants Julie Ertz on the pitch. Mm -hmm. he give, he's yes. giving her that pos position. I don't think Alana Cook has done anything to not deserve no, no. to be on She wasn't the pitch. playing badly. No. I don't think she deserved to be off the pitch. I don't... She shouldn't have been the center back pairing. You got to put two center backs. You only brought two center backs. It wasn't so one could sit what, on what the you, bench. Julie Ertz started as a center back. What do you mean? But I'm saying that she shouldn't have been on there as a center back. She should be playing as a defensive midfielder. She should be a bit more forward up. No, you should have your she two should center not backs. be a defensive midfielder. Yes, team. you should have your two center backs playing at center back. Julie Ertz makes a great backup at center back on this squad. Mm -hmm. She should be a bit more forward. She, she should, should be not, a bit she more forward. You, you think she doesn't have the feet to play defensive midfielder when you are dictating the tempo and keeping possession. That's not her game. In a game where you're going back and forth and there's aerial balls and you need a tough tackler, that's your player. Not in this scenario. So then why, I get that you want to have her in there. Why not have your two center backs playing? Especially if you're not even going to be Because Julie Ertz be is a much. center back. You're, you're acting like she wasn't a center back. She she's was a center a back. Center back. Was. She, she exactly. So she's a center back. Okay. If you All played right. that position, she hasn't which she did. She hasn't been a center back Thank in a you. while. Mm -hmm. I, it was just, I was, I was shocked it, when I it, saw it, it, So it, a true it, center back. A true center back sat on the bench for this game. That it wasn't shocking when you take two. It just, there was a little alarm that went off once. I saw the starting lineup. Obviously, it was the messy game, so I yeah. couldn't pay that much attention to, to what was going on. But just from the team sheet, when you only take two center backs, clearly the idea was for Julie Ertz. Now I get it to, to, to be yes. a defender because we were talking about, oh, Julie Ertz in the midfield. And, and sure. I, if Lotko repeats against the Netherlands, then to me it's 100% clear. Yeah, it's Julie Ertz is his, is, is his center back. Of course. So, but but it, did they – the thing is that so, I understand coming out of the back and mm -hmm. not being put under pressure that much – I just feel like it's a very difficult measuring stick. Yeah, some teams are going to sit back against the U.S. A lot of teams. Not are. a lot. The, the, the large yes. majority of teams, right. But they 
Vietnam didn't offer any threat going forward. There are some teams that will threaten going right. forward. Right, so, so it's I feel good like it's for Julie Ertz and, and Naomi okay. Gurma to figure out ways to break down opponents who are sitting Fair. back and to not give up those moments where you can get countered. That's This was an right. exercise for these t for these players. And Naomi Gurma stood out. I think Crystal Dunn and... and, and um, Emily, Emily Fox, Fox need need to figure out ways to be a little bit more influ influential because I think Emily mm -hmm. Fox was at times running into space that she shouldn't. She was taking too many touches because Trinity Rodman was playing wide and she wasn't coming inside. Although in the goal, Rodman came inside, pinned to center back. So Alex Morgan pinned to center back, mm -hmm. creating that space for Sophia Smith to get into. So ultimately, Susanna, I would say as a challenge, this Vietnam team gave something for this U.S. Women's National Team to look at mm -hmm. how to break down a low block. And Vietnam made it super difficult, and the U.S. should have finished better than they did. So okay. a 3-0 win, though, that's a good start we'll to the take tournament. It. Uh, we'll see. We'll see, because other teams can beat up yeah, on them. Netherlands is going we'll to see be. The next these, one. Are the, these are the runner, runners-up from 2019, so mm -hmm. it'll be a good test for the U.S. on Wednesday. Okay, let's talk about some of the other results. How about uh, England and Haiti? England only managing to get a 1-0 win over World Cup debutants yes. Haiti, who have an absolutely remarkable story in actually being at this, this tournament. Um, but from, from Engl England... This is uh, this was early on in the game. This was in the 14th minute here. I mean, and a, just like a clear wanted. chance. And then this was Ugh. the penalty that was called. And then the goalkeeper is this the first one or the second attempt? No, that is. No, that was the one that went in. But they had to retake this one because she was called. She was set to be line. off of her line. Yeah. So they then retake it. That was Georgia Stanway who converted the penalty for England. Um, but. What did you make of England's performance? Because they are a, a favorite in yeah, this World Cup. I would say it's, it was much more shaky than the U.S. Women's okay. National Team okay. playing against Vietnam. And credit to Haiti for making this a, a super difficult game against one of the favorites in this tournament because of their aggression in the, the middle third of this pitch. I loved what I saw from Haiti in terms of frustrating England. England couldn't come up with ideas and creativity, and, and that's why this was a, only a 1-0 game. Yeah, and, you know, England kind of saved by a penalty. I mean, it was mm -hmm. a wildly egregious one at that. It was a mm -hmm. volleyball play more than anything else. Uh, <laughs> with both hands up, are you the keeper? Uh, <laughs> you know, but that said, if you're England, you said it best. You're, everyone's talking. You might be the best. Oh, maybe you can, mm -hmm. you know, usurp uh, the U.S. That did not look like that squad. The only team that did, I think did worse was France with a nil-nil with a nil-nil yeah, draw. Yeah, so a nil-nil draw against uh, Jamaica was just kind of a toothless performance. Jamaica yes. took it to France mm -hmm. too. But the bad news for them is that Bunny Shaw got two yellow cards mm -hmm. in this match, so they will be without her uh, for their next match. And here's a look at the. The this yellow is the cards. First one. This was the first one. And you could tell that. I mean, this is. It's a yellow card. That's, yeah. that's a yellow it's card. It's a yellow card. There's, but no, it is, there's, no, there's no question. No, and then, a, this no, is ridiculous. No. There's no reason for this what slide. It, yeah. It's a yellow card. Both that's a yellow, yellow cards. Card. That's not a yellow card, dude. Oh, Both are yellow card. cards. That is barely any contact. You touch it with the back. Both are yellow cards, That Alexis. should not have been a second yellow. You it's know that. both are yellow cards. You know that's not a second yellow. No. That's not a second yellow. As a player in that scenario, you're on a yellow, 
It's nil-nil. It's in the defensive third. It's a bad pressure. It's a pointless You slide. put yourself That's in that position, and the studs were up, and you caught the ankle. You, was were, it the you most are already on a yellow. Studs were already on so, a yellow. Alexis, Play that again. I'm telling you right now. Play that again. Yellow card. <laughs> Where are the studs? I love it when Alexis Where are the studs? calls for the... Where are the studs? Her right stud catches her foot. What are you talking about? With the top of the foot. Can you, oh, top of can the you foot. go that back? Where are the studs, bruh? <laughs> Other than me, Charlie, and Nico. Where are the studs? Oh, my God. Nico. Really? Where? Wow. Nico. Where I are think the studs? It's, I, it, it's a very harsh look. I think it's a very harsh yellow towards, towards the end of the game. But when you're on a yellow and in a tournament performance, you can't do that. Even, Stupid. Even, you're right. I, I, it's unadvised. You're in their half. You're chasing no that threat. ball. No threat. No, no Why threat you at win the all. Ball Knowing that you're on a yellow and perhaps you can get cold, why are you going Why? into that Can tackle? we get a freeze frame of that? I want to see where the studs oh are, though. Because maybe I'm wrong. I doubt I'm I am. Sure we'll, we'll probably but maybe I'm wrong. Bro, ain't no studs. Uh, I ain't no hit studs. Hit with your trail Well, foot. regardless, Bunny Shaw will not be available for the was match that, against Was that Panama, a reckless challenge? Which is bad news for Jamaica. It was, but a, was it a reckless challenge? No, it was, a, it was, a, it was an uncalled-for challenge. <laughs> and I think Renardo goes down easy also, but that's the game. How come we're not seeing this? Where is it? Where are the studs? We have time oh. per, inter, per, per <laughs> replay. Yeah. We can't waste it on a oh, still shot. You can do a photo. I you can do a say, screen I know, yeah. I know. Alexis, we got we to gotta be careful with, good, our, this... with, our, with our minutes. Yeah. Um, also worth mentioning, that is Jamaica's first point ever in a World Cup. So. Huge. Regular. Let's well go. Done. Well done, Jamaica. Also, we have a score update. It is now 2-0 Brazil over Panama right now. Yeah. Arribojis with Look a brace. Look at that. Uh, keep an eye on Brazil. They're one of my uh, my dark horse teams in this World Cup. All right, we are going to take a break. I told you guys we are talking more Leo Messi ah. when we come back. Nico is going to tell us some stories, and I cannot wait. I, Stick I'm around. looking forward to this. Goodness, we are all still basking in the glow of Messi mania. No one more so, though, than Nico Cantor, who is there in person. Did you get this top in Miami? No, it's no, very, I, I, it's very Miami. Thanks. I actually got this 20 minutes north of here. They sell that here. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Very Stanford. <laughs> very Stanford. Okay. You were there, though. Yeah. I mean, this—you couldn't have scripted this any better. We knew that it was going to be special. The build-up to this moment was was so massive. But then for it to actually sort of unfold the way it did and that spectacular free kick. And Nico, I, I just, I want to, I want to like put myself in your shoes and experience it through, through your, your eyes. What was, what was the environment like? So it's obviously a place where there's a lot of Latinos that are very messy influenced and that revere Messi at such a level that it's this type of obsession that we all have and moreover the Argentines. I heard a lot of World Cup stories when I was with the supporters groups, including at Vice City that treated me 
incredibly, by the way. So uh, shout out to Walter and Chris that had an amazing job managing everything and then managing me as well, getting me in there. You know, it's for me to just show up at, at one of the most important games in Inter-Miami history and have me there. Thank you so much. Um, but they were all telling everybody these World Cup stories of Argentina, of Messi, of what they did to make it to Qatar. And then suddenly, now they have Messi. It's almost they felt that it was uh, this, this sense of pride that they just had to show their Argentinianness and, and this passion for Messi. And it's almost this incredulity that he is here and the pregame was unbelievable you said something you were on um we had a show we did a show on saturday morning following the messi's debut and you were talking about the the tailgating and how that is um specifically yes very and i didn't know that and then you mentioned the fernet and with coke Coke. which is like the most argentine thing you can drink these were all things i didn't realize that that was such an argentine super and and the choripan which is the the sausage in, in the bread with chimichurri on top of it just the whole experience, I understand that throughout MLS, there are many Latino fan bases that are awesome, by the way, and they've been there from the very beginning. I remember DC United in, in the 90s. Oof. But there's something about Inner Miami that it's so specifically Argentine and the feeling and the whole context around the club. Sometimes the club puts out stuff just in Spanish with like no English subtitles and then you kind of like forget, hey, there's this whole English speaking or only English speaking fan base in Inter Miami. Just you sometimes get carried away by that. And I think that also goes hand in hand with the reason why Messi chose Miami. I don't think any other MLS teams were an option. I imagine that he feels closer to home in an environment that is like specifically Mm -hmm. Argentine. There's areas of Miami that you go and it's, it's, you can get any product from Argentina you want, the people speak your language, they understand what you're thinking, they understand your your aspirations as an Argentine. So just to be engulfed by that, I, I, I had never gone with the ultras like that mm-hmm. with, the, with the supporters groups. And I didn't speak a word of English. I didn't speak a word of English. I Only my hits for all of CBS's stuff. Everything else was in Spanish, like this Argentine Spanish. So uh, it was... Unexpected, actually, mm-hmm. and awesome How to cool. experience. I love yeah. that you were there. It's hard for people who aren't Latino to understand the significance of that. Like, you know, you mentioned Latin fan bases. I mean, shouts to Austin has a massively, you know, Latin fan LAFC. base. LAFC, huge, 3252, very Central American, very Mexican. Uh, LA Galaxy, again, South American is not something that's very widely represented in some of these fan bases. Cuban in particular, not represented a lot. Puerto Rican, Dominican, those types of nations. So when you get to a place that has your accent, your slang, your verbiage, your food, your culture, it's so wildly meaningful. It takes me back to when uh, Chivas played uh, Cibao in the CONCACAF Champions League. Christian went, uh, my podcast co-host, went to Dominican Republic. And just the videos, I'm hearing... Dominican slang being chanted. I, I almost got a little, I almost welled up a little bit. I'm like, well, you just never hear soccer being spoken mm. with this dialect. It's almost always either South American or Mexican. So it, it's it's meaningful when you get to be able to be cool. surrounded by your culture. And plus because the supporters groups, Argentina has been widely influential throughout the entire world. And specifically in South America, they have kind of, a lot of them have led the charge, or not to disrespect any of the other countries that have big, big supporters groups that as well have had influence, but Argentina has had a massive influence in fan culture throughout the entire hemisphere and Good the entire and bad. Uh, uh, continent. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, 100%. But to see 
a lot of Argentines leading the charge at Air Miami and other, because the drummer was Peruvian and then there was another drummer mm. that was Salvadorian and the trumpeters, they were from different countries. And, but to, to see it being led by a lot of Argentines, it, it made me feel very proud of, of were, my roots and the fact that it was Messi was there also, it was were epic. There, were there any new chants that you were a part of? Every single chant, Chuck, was in Spanish. There was not, not a single word in English. The whole chants were in Spanish, and there were a lot, a lot of chants that I recognized that were taken from Argentina, from Volga, from San Lorenzo, that is a, is a big fan base that makes new songs, and there were a lot of new songs as well. Mm. Yeah. Cantadores, right? And shouts to NYCFC, I forgot to mention that, but Templados is a big mix of South American, yeah. so they get culture from all over. Big, big Ecuador influence there same, as well. Same with Peace uh, United, yeah. with uh, the Salvadorians and the yeah. Hondurans. Well, Nico, you had a chance to, to chat with some fans as well. Yeah. And I think we have a video of some of your men on the street. Nico on the to street. Get, to <laughs> take, the, take the pulse of all the Inter Miami fans. Uh, let's see it. Before we start, I need to see the World Cup trophy on the front of your hat. Show it to the camera because there we go. There. Who is the greatest football player of all time? Diego Armando Maradona or Lionel Messi? We don't like to compare too much. And my you see? I don't like to compare. You see how hard it is for Argentinians to say one or the other? Messi! There you go. Our cameraman is Brazilian, so I, I, oh, he's pretty You rub it in, you rub it in every yeah, chance you get. Yeah. This person, either Florida man or Messi, was left behind because he took too long to pee. Florida man? Messi. Messi. <laughs> we have high standards for Messi. Messi's first contract was written on a napkin. Awesome. Good stuff, no? <laughs> Love the pink shorts. That was top. Yeah, Nico. yeah. I had to go with, Good job. with, with the pink shorts. I mean, yeah. very Barbie. It was a Barbie weekend. It's a very I, pink I know, weekend. I know. Yeah. You, you even pink. found a pirate. Yeah. So he's one of the main guys of <laughs> of the Vice of Vice City 1896. They he at one point just started wearing a pirate. He had a longer beard. He says, and it just became a thing. He he's the biggest flag that's waved. He's waving it in the very front row behind the goal. El Pirata, Max. Yeah. So cool. It's not Yak. Captain no. Yak. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Argentina it would be Shaq. Captain yeah. Yak. <laughs> if y'all follow Nico on the, the socials, you would probably would have seen the video that he took um, as the goal was scored, as yeah. Mecky, Messi took this ridiculous free kick. Um, I think we have it. Let's, let's take a look. And then I want you to kind of just walk us through I'm, what was going through your your. I'm sure he holds it all together, right? What's that? I'm sure he holds it all together in this moment. Yeah, it was. You knew it was coming, though. I mean, there, there was a lot of potential. So, so, on. Uh, just being in the stands was awesome. Again, everything that I was mentioning. And then oh. the goal. <laughs> it's like he has normalized greatness for so many years, and we're never numb to it. There I am. Ah! I made the broadcast. <laughs> nice. Who are the eagle eyes that spotted you? That's amazing. I mean, I guess the bucket hat is fairly identifiable. Thanks. <laughs> but it's by fantastic. the way, Argentines always, the bucket hat was always in with Argentines. They didn't bring it back. Interesting. It, and it's oh, a very yeah. supporters cool in the uh, thing. I love it's that. It's not like a Did, was that Williamsburg type of thing. It's like, know, yeah, it's the people that are wearing bucket hats in the supporters groups of Latin American clubs are, I think, are very different from people who are yeah. wearing bucket hats in I've Williamsburg. I've said before, <laughs> I did a thing with the World Cup, and when we were interviewing Argentina fans, I go, I'm not talking to anyone in a bucket hat, by the way. They do not want to be on camera. Yeah. They got warrants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It oh, was really? look. It oh, was yeah. super emotional because <laughs> oh, yeah. 
other than sure, <laughs> you knew that it was coming, but for him to Did deliver you have a sense on the, he, was gonna, the, he was gonna, he was gonna. People in the stands were saying he just needs one free kick. He just needs I, one, and he's and, and, and when he stepped up, perfect. I just, I, I was just, I just had that feeling. I was like, something special so is about to happen. Nico was going crazy, but do you see the picture of Beckham just? Solidly staring, sticking yeah. tears down his face. Down his face. It's, just, yeah. it's emotional because all of this buildup, and for him to do it with Miami emblazoned on his chest, representing the city that I was born and grew Actually, up it's in, a and I, on his I identify so say, much hey, with. Didn't you say there'd be more U.S. goals from the women's national team than Messi Bennett's? Yes. Because <laughs> I, I thought he was you know playing what? under 10. Yeah. Were you shocked when he came in that early? It, it was it was pretty early, and Busquets as well. But hey, look, they got it done. My they, mind was they, blown. They put on a show. and 54th then, minute? Yeah, he was, on, he was on a beach last week. When, yeah, no. when, he, when he scored, and I got emotional when everybody else got emotional. Yeah. In that video that I took, I kind of like turned to one side, you know and you could see some guy just breaking down in tears, but not only Argentines, people, everybody in the sense, crying in it, and it, it made me emotional. What killed me, the, the moment that absolutely slayed me, was him running over to his kids. Oh, all the way. And, and like hugging his kids. When has he ever been able to have a moment like yeah. that? And his and mom anywhere and that dad played, was there too, I, Antonella the, was and there. the oh. joy on his face. I mean, he looked like he was just absolutely loving that moment, and I was like, that is why he came did to you Miami. See, did you see your dad during that? Messi's dad? No, your dad. My dad was in Australia at the World Cup. Oh, wow. My dad missed it. My you dad know, missed it. Did you FaceTime like, him? I, we spoke, so at that point, he was calling the U.S. game. That's what happened. I, we didn't speak until like 2 o'clock in the morning on the oh way back. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Did, I mean, did you guys shed a tear together over the... It was awesome just, you know, t telling him my experience, what it was like. I was sending into our group chats that we're in with, with friends of ours from Argentina. Uh, the videos of me <sighs> in, in the stands. It was very emotional that's a, because that's a cool moment. being got, so close to I got home. a little emotional when the camera panned uh, to Kim Kardashian and she looked up from her phone. It was... <laughs> wow. Good one. Know. Yeah. The, and the and this is only the start. Out. It is. There's going to be a lot more Messi moving forward. And I, you know what happened? I went to the beach on Sunday morning and I was like, okay, usually when Messi comes into town, it's like he's gone. Just wearing but, a bucket hat and a speedo. Suddenly he's like, hey, he could be at the beach today, you know? It's, it's like he lives it's, here now. Yeah. <laughs> does, does Inter Miami make the playoffs now that you've seen them? <sighs> they win League's Cup, but they don't win. No, or, or, or US <laughs> Open. They, they can't or, get into ninth. US, US Open, Open. Cup. Yeah. Two games. No. Yeah. Open get Cup. a trophy. Yeah. Playoffs, whatever. Win a trophy. That'd be great. That'd be amazing. Right? They play How many people are going to get a League's Cup tattoo? We'll get more messy. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. More Even messy US tomorrow. Put some respect on US Open Cup. That would be hilarious. They play Atlanta next, um, and that game's tomorrow. So tomorrow. we have that to look forward to. Yep. Um, all right, we are going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.